Hello and welcome to Dedicated Packs, the podcast where we can go through my Packers. And we don't find anything else. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to Dedicated Packers. Today we will be previewing the Packers-Vikings matchup for week 17. Right off the bat, I am feeling pretty sick today, so would like to apologize for however my voice sounds. Um, It's now, I guess, a week and a half, something like four episodes, where the sound quality's been bad, either because I haven't had my microphone or because I'm sick, like, like right now. So, not 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 ideal, but we're gonna fight through because I am a warrior. This is this is much harder than actually playing the football uh, because I have to talk through through my scratchy little throat. So, with that, let's jump right in. The first bit of news slash storylines heading into this game is that technically uh, all of the games since the Eagles lost have been must-win games for the Packers. And this one is really no different because the Packers are welcoming in a Minnesota Vikings team that has been has been good, not great, but they are even despite them not being great, are they're still looking to solidify a two seed. And the Packers are looking to just give themselves a chance at this season. So it's not going to be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. Some of their must-win games have been easy, like the Bears game. I, I mean, the it shouldn't have been as difficult as it was. It should have been an easy game. And some of the games have been much harder, like the Miami game. This one is probably going to be one of the tougher games of the year, probably up there with the Cowboys game, because Minnesota is a team that obviously is a division rival, rival with Green Bay. And they are playing for something just as much as the Packers are, so... It's going to be a tightly contested game, but the Packers need to win this one. The second bit of news. Dean Lowry was uh, sent to IR, Tipanali I was cut, and Bo Melton was signed. Dean Lowry, he has been a very solid player for the Packers. I'm not going to say very solid. He's been a solid player for the Packers, a role player, really since his rookie year, second year or so. And he hasn't been dominant by any stretch of the imagination but he he's been a good again solid just a good player and it sucks that he has to be placed on IR now that will end his season and this might bring to a close his career with the Green Bay Packers if there's anything bright out of this it means that the Packers are probably going to be forced to play Devonta Wyattmore which is great because he has really flashed in the last few weeks or so then Tipa Nalii being cut it's a little bit sad. He's just been an undersized guy that has played well at the edge rusher position when he's been given the opportunity. He's only gotten a few of those this year. Got a couple last year with some injuries to guys like Rashawn and Preston, but just never really showed enough to make him worth keeping. And then Bo Melton, he was a later round pick in 2022 for the Seattle Seahawks. And he can absolutely fly. He can return kicks. He can re- return punts. Um, 
So we'll, we'll see. I doubt he gets any sort of meaningful snaps this week. He's probably just a depth addition, but it doesn't exactly project well for the status of Watson or Nixon, considering the fact that he, being a speed guy, that's kind of Watson's biggest strength, and then returning kicks and punts, Nixon's biggest strength. So not not great there. And then, of course, the third bit of news slash storylines, whatever you want to call it, the injury report. Let's talk about that. Jair Alexander, he was a full participant with a forearm injury. Bakhtiari was back, a limited participant with a knee slash abdomen. Chris Barnes, a full participant with a hand. Rudy Ford, full with wrist slash knee. Elton Jenkins, limited with a knee. Aaron Jones, limited with a knee slash ankle. Josh Nyman, limited with a shoulder. Keyshawn Nixon did not participate with a groin injury. Aaron Rodgers did not participate with his right thumb slash knee injury. And Christian Watson did not participate with a hip injury for the Vikings, a much shorter injury list. Garrett Bradbury, their center, did not participate with a back injury. If he doesn't play, I believe it'll be four straight weeks for him. Ezra Cleveland, uh, a guard for them, was a limited participant with a shoulder. Cam Dantzler, cornerback, full participant with an ankle. And James Lynch, defensive lineman, did not participate with a shoulder injury. So let's talk about sort of the Packers injury news. Watson and Nixon not practicing just totally, totally sucks. Um, because, well, I mean, right now their status, basically best it can be at the end of the week is questionable with them not practicing today. If they don't practice tomorrow, they're not going to be playing Sunday. And that just, it just, it's such a killer because Nixon, he's a, he's a good, he's a good slot corner, but he's just so dynamic on kick returns. He, there I believe he leads the NFL in kick return yards this year. And he only started returning kicks in like week seven something like that. So he's been just so, so, so good. And Watson, we all know that he totally unlocks the offense. So just killers not to have those two guys. Um, Hopefully, hopefully they end up playing. Hopefully they come back tomorrow. You know, Watson said he'd be okay. He said he feels fine with the hip apparently on his, I guess, video game stream. So hopefully he's okay. Nixon, same thing. Rodgers, he... Didn't practice because of a shot he took in Miami. I believe it was second quarter when the Packers were down 20 to 10. He took a he took a hit and was limping back to the huddle. It doesn't seem too concerning based on how you know people were talking about it. Rogers said it was just a I believe a vet rest day and he'd be back tomorrow. And there was no question that he'd be practicing or playing against the Vikings. And then Nyman and Bakhtiar are both practicing. That's excellent, excellent news. The Packers just maybe will be looking at having their offensive line back at full strength against a very good Minnesota front four. So with that, let's jump into the offensive keys to the game. The first key is run the ball well. Vikings, their defensive coordinator, Ed Donatel, he comes from the Fangio defensive system, which we've talked about a lot. We all know they use a lot of too high defense to attempt to limit explosives. So how do you succeed against that kind of defensive system? Well, when teams play a lot of too high, you have to run the ball well to force the defense to start accounting for it. And as a result, the Packers, and this is what they didn't do in week one, they need to run the ball very well. Again, in week one, we saw that they couldn't run the ball very well. Vikings just kind of sat on their passes and the Packers put up like three points. But if they can run the ball well, then they can start forcing Minnesota out of those two high shells. You start opening up some explosives, and you put a quarterback who doesn't have Christian Watson 
or might not have Christian Watson. You put that quarterback in advantageous situations, a third and two, a second and five, instead of, you know, second and 10 or third and eight. And that is why I think it's especially crucial in this game to have them run the ball well. They didn't do it when I rewatched the week one game today. They didn't do it well in that game. They're going to need to do it in this game. How do you do that? Um, most importantly, you're going to need the offensive line to play, you know, as well as they've played as of late. You're going to have Tom or Bakhtiari at left tackle, then Elton Myers and Runyon up front, and then probably Nyman with his limited participation today at right tackle. And I think that that bodes really well for them. They can hopefully, with that line, start moving Minnesota's front off the ball in the running game. And that, I believe, will be an absolute key to this game. In week one, the Packers had Nyman, Runyon, Myers, Hansen, and Newman from left to right on the line. Now we have Elton back. We have Tom or Bakhtiari in at left tackle. So Hansen and Newman are both gone. I think there's a chance that if they commit to running the ball, they can do it well. And then the second thing is we're going to need to find some way of generating explosives. The Packers might be without Christian Watson on Sunday, and he has been the guy, the guy that has allowed Green Bay's offense to succeed in the ways that it has recently. It, Stenovich was asked, I've referenced this multiple times, Stenovich was asked, hey, is it as simple as just having a guy who can fly that opens things up off of play action? He said, yeah, yeah, basically that's that's what it does. And so they're going to need to find a way of generating explosives without Watson. Now, if they have Watson, obviously you just find ways of getting him the football, you get it to him, whatever, end arounds, uh, sweeps, uh, you know, little slants, whatever. It doesn't matter. Streaks, it doesn't matter. But if they're without him, well, now you're going to need other guys to step up. And how do you get those guys to step out? How do you get an Alan Lazard or a Romeo Dobbs to make those 40-yard quick score plays? Well, I think one of the best things you can do is run the ball because by doing that and by doing it well, you force Minnesota into situations where they're forced to play one high when they're concerned about the running game. And from there, you know, when it's your third and one or third and two, you can go play action. You can have Dobbs, who's a, such a fluid route runner, you know, beat his guy vertically. He's shown multiple times that he is more than capable of beating a guy vertically. Let him do some of that and go up and make a play. And that is how they're going to probably need to generate explosives. They're going to need, assuming Watson doesn't play, and even if he does, it'd be nice, they're going to need a guy like Lazard, Toure, or most likely Dobbs to step up. He's been really, really good. He has smooth hands. He's one hell of a route runner. So Dobbs, get open. Rodgers, we need you to start hitting the throw. And the Packers, just once or twice, they need to get some quick points in this game. They can't have to go 75 yards, 15 plays every single drive. The defensive notes... Stop Justin Jefferson. I mean, I don't really have too much else to say. I don't know what else there is to say. Stop Justin Jefferson. You remember week 11 of 2021 when Jefferson absolutely murdered, just stomped a week in secondary. You had Stokes as your number one cornerback. You thought, okay, well, we were missing Jair. Yeah, Justin Jefferson's really good. Yeah, well, he did it again in week one of 2022 when the Packers did have Jair. They had their secondary at full strength. And... It was just an absolute bloodbath. Jefferson murdered Joe Barry, who refused to do anything but play soft zone coverage. And so now I am absolutely begging Joe Barry to figure a game plan out for Justin Jefferson. 
I think the the easiest thing to do is put Jair on Jefferson. Okay, you you don't even have to press him. Just put Jair on Jefferson. Don't play ten yards off. Play like five yards off, and and let it go from there. Because believe me, Jefferson. If Jair's matched up on Jefferson all game, Jefferson will beat Jair a couple of times. You know, go off for like 70, 80, 90 yards because that's, I mean, the league is set up for offenses to succeed. But Jefferson will not be as productive if you have Jair on him all the time as he would be if you play the way you played in week one or week 11 last year. You, It's going to be critical for Joe Barry to figure out a game plan I think the easiest would be to move Jair with Jefferson. And if you don't do that, Jefferson will burn you and the Packers will lose this game. The second key, get pressure on Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, he has been playing actually pretty good football lately. Um, He obviously has a great connection with Justin Jefferson. It's not that hard to because Justin Jefferson is so good. Um, But he's also developed connections with guys like TJ Hawkinson, who they brought in around the trade deadline. And... So you're noticing, you know, hey, Kirk's playing pretty well, but Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. That's that's never going to change. Kirk Cousins, being Kirk Cousins, will give you an opportunity or two to make plays. In the Dolphins game, when Tua gave the Packers opportunities to make plays, people stepped up. Jair had an interception, Devondre had an interception, Rasul had an interception, and making those plays was totally critical to the Packers winning that football game. That is the reason they won the football game. So if you can make similar plays against Minnesota, maybe you don't get three interceptions, but you get just one or two, then I think the Packers will have a good chance. Now, how do you force Kirk to give you these opportunities for interceptions? This is where we go back to the key. You pressure him. Uh, He panics under pressure. That's just what Kirk does. He can kill you from a clean pocket. He's pretty bad from a condensed pocket. So with Kenny Clark playing like the old Kenny Clark recently, Jerron Reed having his best game as a Packer against Miami. Devonta Wyatt playing really well, got a career-high 24 snaps, really flashing. Preston Smith was a top edge rusher last week, been really good all year. And Enoch Bari, we all know he has the ability to make big plays. With those guys, I think that you can put a lot of pressure on a weakened Vikings, specifically interior offensive line. Kenny Clark, the, the purple people leader, I think the Packers might just be able to get after Cousins, force a couple of interceptions, and it's going to be critical that they do that. Then, my players to watch. My first player to watch, Aaron Rodgers. Um, The Packers' offense is going to need to do well in this game, and I think that whether or not they do well in this game will totally come down to Aaron Rodgers because if he plays like 2020 or even 2021 Aaron Rodgers comes out he hits the big time throws yeah the Packers are going to win but if he plays like he's played for some of the games this year the Packers probably won't win and I think that obviously I want the Packers to lean into the running game but they're going to need to throw and Rodgers is going to need to put the ball in very tight windows he's going to need to be able to find Dobbs on the deep balls he can't afford if Dobbs has a step on his defender Rodgers cannot afford to miss him especially especially if Watson's not playing so this is the game where I want to see Aaron Rodgers play really well when Rodgers plays in rhythm he looks he looks really really good we noticed that at the end of the Miami game I want to see something similar here and then my second player to watch Jair Alexander just watch if he's matched up on uh, Justin Jefferson because Jair 
is such an elite cornerback. I think Joe Barry needs to match Jair up on Jefferson, and that'll be an extremely fun thing to watch. If he's not, still watch Jair, because Jair's just that guy. I think Jair will be critical in getting a couple interceptions, if that's what the Packers end up doing. So those are my two players to watch, Rodgers and Jair. They're both going to need to play well for the Packers to win this game. That is what I have for you. Um, Thank you, as always, very much for listening to the Dedicated Packers. I will be back on January 1st as the Packers wrap up their game against your Minnesota Vikings. Just kidding. Nobody likes the Minnesota Vikings. So thank you very much for listening. Appreciate it as always. And until next time. Go Pack Go! Go!